I'm Alicia. And I'm Ashley. And we are Murd Nerds. Well, well, well. You're back again, I see. I am here. I never Oh, left. shit, you're talking to the listeners, aren't Well, if they're a frequent listener. Welcome back to another week <laughs> of True Crime with us here at Murder Nerds. If you're new, thanks for joining us and giving us a listen. I'll give you a quick rundown about what goes on around here. Murder... <laughs> 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 Ashley Sponte's classes. Sorry. I can actually kind of see out of these, by the Whoa. way. They're just readers. They're just readers. They're just readers. Yo, bitch. I am. Oh, <laughs> it's my birthday! Oh, wait, yeah, it will be past his birthday, huh, at this point. Oh, <laughs> we haven't Happy even talked about it. Birthday. <laughs> yeah, even though Jeremy. it's not his thanks, birthday guys. yet, but. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was great. I turned 50. 5 0. Wow. Look at you. 5 0. It's the police. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, maybe I'll get a. Hmm. A what? <laughs> a blowjob? From Bobby. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> God, I hope Bobby's not listening. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm very, very I'm very scared of Bobby. Oh, you want to hear a story? You want a quick story? Okay. So, so uh, she calls me the other day. And she's like, hey, can uh, I pick you up so you can go pump my gas? Because that's her thing. She doesn't pump gas, which Aww, is fine. Oh, I love that. So... She comes home from work. She pulls in the driveway. I walk out. I get in the car. She goes, oh, I'm so appreciate you do this. I'll, I'll go inside and get you, uh, you know, a Mountain Dew pitch black. I said, hey, can you pick me up a Hummer in there too? You know, bring it back out to me. <sighs> and she goes, fucking quick. She goes, I'll check and see if they have it. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love her. I love her so She much. like didn't even miss a beat. Never didn't react at all. And then this. laughed her fucking ass off. <laughs> She is she's my favorite. Pretty, she's pretty great. She's pretty great. <laughs> she is, man. Anyway, so this is, if you're new here, this is what you're in for. Uh, <laughs> Murder Nerds is a weekly true crime podcast that covers cases of the weird, unsolved, and missing within true crime. Each week, either my co-host, Ashley, or myself research and report on a case, and then at the end of the hour, we talk about it. So joining me today, if you didn't know already, uh, this is Ashley. That's me. Hi, I'm Ashley. Hello, hi. And also our producer, editor, and feature logo feature, Jeremy. Hi. Our me. what? I'm Jeremy. Future logo feature. Ooh, okay. I'm going to get on the logo? Damn, it's official now, I I'm guess. I'm going to get on the logo? Uh, it wasn't clear by me, logo. but I guess so. In the future. <laughs> oh, yeah, the future is 2025. <laughs> Before we get in today's case, you know what time it is. What time is it? It's my birthday! No. Oh, sorry. Question time. It's question time. Jesus Christ, I'm scared. Each week we ask each other a question, and it doesn't have to be true crime related, and this question is usually what gets our gears a moving to get into the conversation and warm us up for the I day. I hope it's not about cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I think, man, your fucking arm gave me all that <laughs> reflux. <laughs> All the tattoos <laughs> and all the anger. It's, it's lead. It's lead poison. It wasn't as tender as she promised. <laughs> Those Roy must not be very good at arm massages. <laughs> so this week, <laughs> what? 
Also, if you have no idea what we're talking about, you need to go listen to last uh, two weeks ago, I guess. Episode 60. Yes. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. This week's... I like stop. I'm like, you can keep your hand there if you want. I touched your leg. Whoops. This week's question is another long form question. And I made this one up on my own. You did? I did. Ooh, I did. I'm going to try and get my creative juices flowing and make one up next time. All right. So <clears throat> you're driving to the grocery store. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Am I by myself or what? Is yes. with me? Okay. The day is beautiful. The sun is shining. And you're really just <laughs> enjoying the day. Windows are down. Windows are I down. I really wanted to say, the tank is clean. <laughs> 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 the tank is clean. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. It's so classic. <laughs> so uh, all you really want as you're going to the grocery store is like a case of beer some ice cream. What was that? <laughs> Road ahead. <laughs> well, Road what's on everyone's brain this episode? <laughs> it might be. We'll find out in a second. Um, what's on everybody's lips? Anyway, <laughs> all you want is like a case of beer or like some ice cream. Just something. Something. You really just want one thing. Okay. Just one thing that you really want on this nice, beautiful day. Jeremy, I swear to God. <laughs> I want a Twinkie. Okay, I, I don't know what the fuck okay. you're talking That's fine. I got away from the... Are we going to talk <laughs> about what we want or... Uh, I mean, sure. Do you want to tell me? Yeah, I want one of those push pops, the orange ones from back in the, the day. Like the Flintstones. Oh my fucking God. Heck yes. Those were so good. They don't make them like that anymore. Now they they're don't. all weird on the top when you like open them. sticky. Like jelly, yeah. Yeah, Like they gross. melted and then refroze. Yeah, they probably did. Um, anyway, as you're driving down the road, someone pulls up fast behind you, and he's driving a very distinct car, maybe a Hummer, maybe something that you would you recognize and you would recognize again, right? I don't care. Make something up in your head, whatever color, whatever. So you look down at your speedometer, and you're going ten miles over the speed limit. So you don't know why the hell this guy is driving so fast. You speed it up a little bit because he's like really riding your ass. Then he starts honking like you aren't going 15 miles over the speed limit at this point. You keep looking in the rearview mirror and you can see that this guy is pissed. Like he's clearly cussing at you. Um, what the hell is this guy's problem? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, he's crossing the center line and passing you. And as he flies by, um, your windows are both rolled down and he's just flipping you off and he's calling you some nasty names. So and aggressive. I... Your finger is so close to my face. <laughs> and uh, then you watch as his car flies off ahead of you and then it's gone. Into a ditch. No, what the hell was that about? Right. Mm-hmm. You pull into the grocery store parking lot and it's packed. It seems like everyone had the same idea that day and went to stock up their kitchens. So finally, you are able to find a parking spot. And wouldn't you know, there's that same vehicle. You step out of your car and notice this dumbass left his keys in. His car is on. And lo and behold, it's running on E. So you go in the store and it is packed to the brim with shoppers. The store must not have expected such an influx of customers because they only have one checkout lane open. So you book it to get your beer, your ice cream, your Twinkie, your Push Pop, um, whatever you want. 
you get in line behind four people that were already waiting. And as soon as you do, about 20 people get in line behind you. And most of them have cards just overflowing with goods. Thank goodness you made a quick decision or you'd be here all day. Fuck yeah. As you're looking around the store, well, wouldn't you know, who might that be? There's old homeboy, Mr. Reckless Driver, square at the end of the line. And shockingly, his face doesn't look angry anymore. He doesn't look annoyed, but more panicked. And then you look down and you see what's in his arms. Diapers. A baby. Children's Tylenol, various flavors of popsicles, Pedialyte, diapers, and baby formula. He's clearly here for a sick child. Not only is he waiting in the line from hell itself, but his car is about to die in the parking lot. So what do you do? Do you flag him down and allow him ahead of you in line since he only has a couple of things that are clearly for his sick kid? Especially since you know he needs to go get gas or he's going to be stranded. Or do you say, fuck it, he shouldn't have been a total asshole to you, he should have planned better, and he shouldn't have left his keys in the car? What do you do? I, I'd i flag him down and let him go ahead of me. Would you both just look to me? <laughs> Tell us, uh, old wise one. For starters, uh, if your vehicle's on E, shut the fucker off when you go inside. Yeah, but they say, is it a wife's tale that starting your car it's is the equivalent tale. of like 15 minutes of it just running idling? It's a wise tale. Oh. I don't know. I think he was just in such a panic that he didn't think just about it. Just in a hurry. Sorry. You're going to let him stay at the end of the Fuck line? Fuck you. I don't know. I'm just a firm believer in like you don't know people's situations. You don't know why they're reacting and doing things that they're doing. So, And then now you do know why and it's a valid reason. I mean, if, yeah, I would, I'd flag him down and I'd let him. You're going it. 15 miles over the speed limit, which is a nice fine if you get pulled over. It's reckless driving. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like you're holding him up while you're driving down the road because you're going 10 to 15 miles over speed limit. Mm -hmm. So I understand the situation, whatever situation he's in, but that still doesn't give you right to be a total asshole. Oh, right. I definitely agree. The The problem is I deal with this every day. This is not this is not a story that's uncommon to me because I see it all the time. People come up behind you and then just go flying past you. And I'm looking down and I'm doing 10 miles over, you know, and I'm like, the fuck, dude? Mm-hmm. What can be in such a why are you in such a big hurry? I feel like I would definitely be like, just so you know, I was that person that you passed and flipped off on the road. And yeah, I, next time make better. Decisions. Yeah, I didn't appreciate that. And I'm not that guy. And you clearly, hopefully are not that guy. And, like, kind of give them the opportunity to be like, yo. And then if they were a real dick, I'd be like, okay, go back. Yeah. You can't get in front of me now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like a little testament to his character. Yeah, I would, I would, my heart says yeah. you have to let this guy yeah. go ahead of you. I wouldn't be able to not. And because I would just feel so much immense guilt. And I would also be like, pay it forward, dude. Like, yeah, do better next time. Don't mm-hmm. be such a dick for no reason. Mm-hmm. Buy my push pop, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Thanks. That's like that's that's a that's a good moral one. Like, and that shows like different. Well, and there's no right or wrong answer. Right, you know? right. There's it no shows like different people how they would make di- that they react to things differently, make different decisions, and nothing. None of it's wrong. Except now, it's like J- Jeremy's a dick. No, <laughs> not necessarily. There's fifty percent of people listening out there that are like, "Fuck yeah, Jeremy! Those bitches are weak. I don't know why they would let him." In, you know just just a matter of opinion yeah 
Truly. I, yeah. Just. Mm. I'm an empath. I can't help it. <laughs> well, and I mean, the people need more. The world needs more people like you where they would be like totally just letting it all go and being like, hey, bro, Clearly he obviously is, yeah. you are dealing with something at home. You need a little kindness yeah. in mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. Well, and like reckless drivers or people that like ride my ass make me really anxious. I mm-hmm. hate I hate. I slow down. (laughs) I hate being the person when there's like a bunch of cars together. I hate being that lead car. I remember when you used to love that when we were younger. You would literally say, I like being in the front because I'm like the leader. Oh, I hate it now. (laughs) I fucking hate it. Every day I'm at the back of the line because I don't want to be... I don't want to be setting the pace. Yeah, I I don't like that. Because you feel like um, you're supposed to be driving... Well, Fifteen like, miles hour, hour like over the speed. Yeah. in front of me. I There's don't too like much pressure. Cars. Yeah. Yeah, too much pressure. Just go around. I don't give Just a fuck around. what anybody else is doing. <laughs> Unless you get on my ass, then I'm gonna slow way down. <laughs> or like just any kind of confrontational thing in a car freaks me out. Like I don't like. I drive that big old truck though. I just you drive that little that little button. Your car's like a button, <laughs> a belly button, <laughs> um, a ladybug button. <laughs> Well, we've got the Traverse, too, and that's three rows SUV. But, like, what backing out, I backed out of the gas station the other day, and somebody was pulling out of a pump. And I was, like, I was backing up, and they were pulling out. And I'm just like, I've got a backup cam that will notice if I am too close. And right. then I hit one of those, you know, the where they put the gas in to the tanks that's on the ground? Yeah, yeah. I hit one of those, and, and it, it made moved. A clunk. And I went, oh, my God, I just hit that person. But I didn't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But That is real. And I was like, and I was in town, and I was like, they're going to fucking follow me to work. Because I just, but then I was like, no, I hit people one of those things. People like it's that, fine. though. That's a valid fear. Like, mm-hmm. people get fucking crazy. On this week's case, um, some weeks I really struggled to find a good case. And uh, we talked about this earlier today and uh like i gotta find a story that i'm in the right headspace to cover i have a list of ones that i talk about but sometimes i'm just not in the right frame of mind to take on the heaviness Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like when i cover a story i feel like i can give it more justice if i'm ready to take it on so i'm combing through my list and none of them are jumping out to me i started getting really really frustrated this was literally yesterday i wrote this um (laughs) So I jumped on, of all places, Reddit, Wikipedia, and yeah. I typed in unsolved cases and just started going through them until I felt like I I was letting the case find me, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and I stumbled upon this one, and it's a pretty <gasps> interesting case. Stumbleupon.com, oh, Rest in peace. No, it's still around. No, it's not. Oh, wait, no. It's, it's changed. It's like owned by E-Bombs World or something now. I don't know, but it's not the same. You can't yeah, just click the button and... People. Oh really? Nope. I did it not that long ago. You're lying. I'm not. It was an <laughs> app, I think, on my phone or something. Oh, maybe it's just strictly an app. I don't think mm. it's. Yeah. Anyway, um, so my sources are obviously the Wikipedia article, uh, a video on YouTube by Gabulosis, IllinoisMissing.org, the Charlie Project, Time Magazine, the Doe Network, Archives.com, and the Oakland Tribune. So this is a very old case, and there's quite a bit of information about it, despite its age. And like Sweet. I said before, I like old cases, so uh, we're going to learn. 
She likes all the old cases, vintage suitcases, um, hat boxes even. She loves those. Um, The old Tupperware (laughs) pieces. Oh, I love vintage Tupperware. (laughs) She loves vintage Tupperware. Tupperware. Tupperware is so fun, especially with yellow. It's so cool. Anyway, uh, Mary Agnes Maroney was born on May 9th, 1928 to her mother, Catherine, and her father, Michael, both residents of Chicago, Illinois. Now, let me just drop some information on you about Catherine and Michael. Catherine was married to Michael when she was only 13 years old. Mary was born four years later than their first... Excuse me. Mary was born four years later, who was their first child, and that was when Catherine was 17 years old. Now, I had to go through some ancient, ancient census paperwork to find out Michael's age because it was not listed in any of the articles. So um, I don't know why, but uh, that's probably because Michael was 13 years older than Catherine. So when they got married, she was 13 and he was 26. And then when they grow. Yep. When they had their first child, she was 17 and he was 30, which yuck, yikes, barf. This still happens, obviously, but it's not as prevalent and normalized as it once was, especially considering considering they both came from very poor upbringings. Um, Then add that the Great Depression officially began in a little over a year after Mary was born. But back to the story. So it wasn't that long ago. I mean... It's not like it was the fucking eighteen hundreds. It's just the early, like the early. Ni- sorry, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to scrape my chair against the bottom of it the was, table. I mean, it was a hundred years ago. Oh yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> God, it's so weird. It is weird to think about time like that. Okay, sorry. So, anyway. if I'm correct from my research in the genealogy databases, Michael was an immigrant from Ireland. He had a hard time finding work since he wasn't natural born. Um, then, with the difficulties of the economy at the time, while Catherine stayed at home at uh, 5200 Wentworth Avenue with Mary as a housewife, he was working for $15 a week handing out flyers. So, uh, I looked up their address to see if it was like, a house or an apartment or if it was still there or whatever and it's crazy because it's now the i-90 right by the chicago police department uh i couldn't find out what it once looked like in the late 1920s early 1930s um but it's very industrialized now uh there was that was nearly 100 years ago so it's definitely changed a lot i'm sure Mm -hmm. and uh also $15 $15 a week in 1930 is roughly about $266 today. So they're living on pennies. Right, right. Obviously, Mary and her parents were very, very poor and barely getting by in the 1930s um, in America. And not to mention, Catherine and Michael had since had another daughter who was named Anastasia, and she was 11 months old. And Catherine was also pregnant with their third child. And uh, knowing the hardships that they were dealing with and more to come, a relative of the family took it upon themselves to put an ad in the local newspaper in May of 1930. The ad in the Chicago Tribune stated that the Maronis were a needy family and were looking for some kind of help or assistance and even donations. It also stated that Michael was looking for a better paying job. This wasn't really like an uncommon thing to do at the time. Really? O- yeah, That's often cool. Yeah, often people that needed help would just put an ad in the newspaper and hmm. wait. Interesting. Yeah. 
A woman who had read the ad went to the Chicago newspaper and she said that her name was Mrs. Julia Otis and she was a social worker for the state. She was hoping to help the family. And normally the addresses of the people looking for help were kept secret for safety and privacy reasons, obviously. But considering the woman stated that she was a social worker, there was a huge slip up and the address was disclosed to the strange woman. On May 14, 1930, just a few days past Mary's second birthday, someone knocked at the Maroney's door. Catherine was home by herself and her two, with her two daughters, scrubbing the floors while Michael was doing his route, handing out the flyers. Catherine got up, walked to the door, and saw that there was a woman that she had never seen before with tons of bags in her hands. The woman was breathtaking. She was about 22 years old, well-dressed, she had big teeth, and what Catherine described as a cultured voice. I don't know what that means. I'm assuming she talked very she either well. She had an accent or she sounded educated. Yes. One of the two, yeah. yes. This woman introduced herself as Mrs. Julia Otis, and she stated that she was sent by a social worker named Mrs. Henderson, and she would be taking on the family's case. Even though she didn't know this woman or knowing she didn't know who mrs henderson was that she mentioned she thought that this was just in response to the newspaper article and the answer to their prayers so Catherine obviously welcomed the woman inside right i mean she's got bags of stuff it's it's obviously even if it's not legit it it looks like help yes exactly the woman put the bags on the kitchen table and started taking out the contents food this woman had brought them food fresh food expensive food like fresh produce. Mm. Catherine was elated. As the woman finished up, she looked down at the floors Catherine had just been cleaning and mentioned how ambitious she was, basically what a hard worker she was in her home, complimenting her, softening her up a bit. Catherine must have felt comfortable with this woman based on her alleged status, the food, and the compliment because she began telling the woman everything going on with their family. She spilled all of her sorrows right onto this woman, and what a relief it must have been to finally feel like you were going to catch a break from the struggles that you were facing, right? And the woman confronted Catherine right back. Excuse me. And the woman comforted Catherine right back. She had all of her trust in this Julia Otis. During the visit, Mary came out to be with her mother. She was two. Obviously, she's not just, you know, playing by herself a whole lot. Mm -hmm. When the woman saw Mary, her entire face lit up. She was in love with Mary. Catherine, once again, didn't think this was abnormal. People love babies. And Catherine was said to be a beautiful little girl with wavy blonde hair and crystal blue eyes. Her mother was pretty much used to people fawning over Mary but the woman wouldn't stop talking about Mary which in turn is odd because Anastasia was there as well and she just paid her absolutely no mind so there was something about Mary (laughs) sorry I'm so sorry (laughs) oh my god so (laughs) Did she have hair gel in that uh, bag? (laughs) (laughs) Those are awful. So the interaction the woman, or excuse me, the infatuation that the woman had with Mary turned from just a little odd to absolutely bizarre. The woman, still fixated on Mary, looked to Catherine and asked if she could take Mary to California for a few weeks. The, that first day, the first time? Okay. Within the first, like, 15 minutes. That's not creepy at all. Right? 
She stated that if Catherine were to allow Mary Agnes to come with her, that she would feed her so well that when she came back, Mary would be unrecognizable as, quote, fat as a butterball, unquote. Ugh. To anyone, this would be weird as hell. This woman is a complete and total stranger, and she's asking to take a two-year-old that she just has no connection with, she just met 15 minutes ago, across the country, then starts trying to sway the mother who is poor and desperate by saying her daughter will be Mm well-fed. Catherine refused the gesture. Thankfully. Good, good. The woman didn't push any further, but told Catherine that she would be back to visit. The woman then hands Catherine $2 and says her goodbyes and leaves. What? (laughs) Jeremy's like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just trying I was trying to do the math of how much two dollars would be worth. Like is that like throwing someone a twenty basically? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <clears throat> okay. Sure enough, the woman did come back. She came back the next morning on May fifteenth, and once again she had bags in her hands. Uh this time the bags were filled with not only food but also baby clothes, considering Catherine was due to have her baby soon. Can I stop you real quick and just just that night, imagine, like, the wonderful dinner that they all had together yeah. that night with those fresh fresh vegetables. And, like, she probably made, like, a really nice stew or something. Yeah. It's just really nice. That is really about. sad. Way to fucking kill me out there, Ashley. <laughs> I'm just saying. They had a nice family dinner together. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Catherine welcomed her back into her home. And even though... The conversation was about taking or even though the conversation about taking Mary still sat in the back of her mind, uh, but she just pushed her thoughts aside. And this woman was very warm and kind, and there was no way that she had ill intent. After showing off the baby clothes and food, the woman told Catherine that surprise, she had an incredible, well-paying job lined up for Michael. The job was going to absolutely change their lives. Seeing her excitement, she proceeded to ask Catherine if it would be okay if she took Mary around the corner to a shop to buy her some clothes and shoes. Considering their desperation and how trusting Julia seemed, Catherine agreed and allowed her to take the toddler on a shopping trip. When she summoned Mary to go with the woman, she told her that she was uh, going shopping and to go with Julia, but Mary did not want to go. When the woman swept her up into her arms to take her out of the home, Mary screamed and cried, yelling for her mom and reaching out her arms to her. Catherine gave her a kiss and told her it was all okay and to just go with Julia, and they left as Mary screamed for her mother. Why can't the bitch just go buy her clothes and bring them back? I don't know. That just sucks. Probably cause she was going to buy her clothes and shoes. So I wonder if she had to like get them fitted. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. This is the last time that anyone <clears throat> ever saw the woman or Mary. Hours went by and Catherine began to panic. She started feeling that this was a horrible idea. And eventually Michael came home from his job and tear struck Catherine explained the mistake that she had made. He then decides, okay, let's call law enforcement. The police came to the Maroney home and talked to Catherine and Michael to understand what went on and who they are looking for. Catherine gave Catherine Catherine <laughs> gave the vague description of the woman to the police. She was in her early twenties, around five foot two inches tall, maybe about one hundred and twenty pounds. Um, she told them what she last saw the woman in, which was a gray suit with blue trim, a lace hat, a pearl necklace, and a wristwatch. 
Catherine also tells police about uh, the woman being infatuated with her daughter, Mary, so much so that she asked her to take her to California with her. This was a huge red flag for investigators, obviously. So they contacted local bus and train depots, asking if anyone had seen a woman fitting these descriptions, especially if they were carrying a toddler that was fitting Mary's descriptions. But nothing panned out from there. Although they felt like they were at a loss, once the word got out that Mary was missing, tips started coming in. Several people said that they had witnessed a woman, fitting the woman's description, going into a bathroom at a downtown Chicago department store. The woman also had a little girl with her. What made this woman stand out is that she was telling an older woman who was also with them to write down exactly what she was saying on a piece of paper in a letter. So police tried to dig more into who this older woman was, but they came back empty handed as well. It's not known if this was somehow like this woman was involved or just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time uh, or that like Julia forced her to write the letter to hide her own handwriting. It's not really known, obviously, because they couldn't find Julia or the woman Um, on May 16th, 1930, a letter arrived to the Moroni home. The letter read as follows. Dear Mrs. Maroney, please don't be alarmed. (laughs) That's your first, (laughs) that's your first red flag. If somebody's starting off their letter as don't be alarmed, you should probably be alarmed. Well, especially, I mean, you're already alarmed. No one has to. to Right. (laughs) Don't be alarmed. I have taken your little girl to California with me. I have hired a special nurse to care for her. We'll be back in two months. By that time, you will be on your feet again and will be able to care for her. She didn't even cry a bit. She's outfitted like a princess. In the meantime, I'll help all I can to get you on your feet. Don't worry about her or anything else. By the time you get this letter, we'll be on our way already. As ever, Julia Otis. So how much money was in that letter? Zero. Because then what the fuck does I'll help you get on your feet as much as I can in the meantime mean? Yeah. Where's the money, bitch? Yeah. Where's my fucking money? (laughs) Sorry. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. This was the very last time Julia Otis was ever heard from. That's so sad. Yeah. The Ramones. Money? Not the Ramones. The Maronis immediately handed the letter over to authorities. And as horrifying as the situation was, Catherine and Michael had hoped that maybe it wasn't as awful as it felt and seemed. Maybe she really did have Mary, Mary Agnes's best interest at heart. Maybe she really would bring their daughter back home like she said she would. The police try as they might were still left on square one. This letter was insanely vague and gave no information at all. Where were they headed to in California? What would they be doing there? There were so many unanswered questions and no leads to solve them. Two weeks after receiving the first letter, the family received another letter. This letter was signed by Mrs. Henderson, the social worker that allegedly sent Julia Otis in her place. This letter, oddly enough, had a very similar handwriting to the first one. (laughs) Mrs. Henderson stated that Julia Otis was her cousin and that within the last year, Julia had been involved in two horrible tragedies. The first was the sudden death of her baby, a daughter, and the second, the sudden death of her husband. Mrs. Henderson said that Julia was a grieving mother and widow who only wanted to mother a little girl for some time, but her daughter would be eventually returned to them. 
The letter also stated that the reason Julia took Mary Agnes was because she pined for her own little girl to raise, and that's why she took off to California with her. Hmm. Do you think that... Sorry. No, you're fine. You can say you're pulling an Ashley and tell me to shut up, but do you think that this... Judith or whatever. Julia. Sorry, Julia was... Julia Gulia. Julia Gulia. That's another good movie. Um, but do you How think that How many Ben Stiller movies she... are we going <laughs> to... Oh, that's Adam Sandler. That's Adam Sandler. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> was, was Ben Stiller in that movie? But I don't think he was. No. Ben Stiller was in There's Something About Mary. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but Stiller and Sandler have crossed before. You have... Um, Cross swords? Maybe. <laughs> a little cockfight going on. Um, oh, a cockfight. Okay. I heard cockpot, and I was like, like a cockpot? <laughs> um, uh, Happy Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Ben Stiller's in that? Yes. Now that we're on the Call Guys episode. Right, the Sandler verse. That was a good episode. Um, No, but do you think that she was kind of, um, like, she believed that when she was writing the letter that she was going to give this child back eventually? She just wanted her for, like, until she was fulfilled or whatever? I don't know. We'll talk about that later. Mm, Okay. My last, my last, my famous last words. We'll talk about that later. Police were once again given the letter and began their search for the social worker. They were able to find out that Mrs. Henderson's first name, which was allegedly Alice, uh, and when they started searching for social workers named Alice or even ones with the last name Henderson, they were left empty-handed and just had more questions. They also looked for anyone by the name of Julia Otis, and once again, there was no one with that name. Weird. Was there any Julia Hendersons? I don't know. I don't. I didn't. Alice. Otis. Otis. What a name, Alice Otis. What a name, Alice Otis. Months went by and Mary Agnes was still missing, but still the Maronis held on, hoping that someone would spot the woman that was described and their toddler daughter. Authorities started really honing in on the fact that the circumstances around Mary Agnes's abduction were just not adding up. They began to worry that maybe she was killed accidentally or on purpose. On May 20th of 1930, police arrested Catherine and Michael for suspicion, but without evidence um, that they partook in any of the dis- or any of Mary's disappearance, the parents were released. In July of 1931, Native American woman Martha Thompson was seen pushing a stroller in Rockford, Illinois, on her way to join a cir- circus. And yes, you heard that right. She was pushing a stroller to join a circus. I don't know why. That's just what the information was. Random, yeah. Yeah. Inside the stroller sat a little girl that looked an awful lot like Mary Agnes. So police arrested Thompson, who was under suspicion of having a kidnapped child. And uh, Thompson told police that she had adopted this child, which is why she didn't look like her. Because she was Native American. She had darker skin, darker hair, darker eyes. Is Rockford, is that like a suburb of Chicago? Or how close is that to Chicago? I think it's pretty close to, to okay. Illinois. Um, or <laughs> I would say it's in, it's in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's late, guys. Uh, yes, super. <laughs> but she stated that the child was abandoned by her mother, Florence Fuller, and Martha begged to keep her. 
Catherine went to Rockford to meet the girl, full of hope that she finally had found her daughter. But as soon as she saw her, she knew that wasn't her Mary. Over the years, newspapers would revisit the case of the missing girl to hopefully gain some kind of traction. But unfortunately, nothing ever panned out. Panned out. But, but in 1952, there was once again a spark of hope that Mary Agnes was found. How how many years later was that? Like 20 years or some shit? Mm-hmm. Damn, okay. <laughs> you okay, Jay, over there? You gonna do good? I was going to say 20, and I hit my microphone with my hand. He got too excited. He's like, I know He's math. Like, the math is here. I got, I got it. it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> On February 24th, 1952, the Oakland Tribune in Oakland, California, released an article headlined, Anyone Seen Mary? Chicago Parents Seek California <laughs> There's something about that There's Mary. something about that Mary. I, I laughed when I was, anyone seen Mary? Like, what a, what a weird headline. Where, where, I mean, anybody? <laughs> seen her? You, over there in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> anyone anyway <laughs> anyone does anyone say that? anyone seen mary chicago parents seek california clues in 22 year old kidnapping case they once again covered the case contacting the maronis once again and by this time the couple had five more children on top of the two girls that they had at the time of the disappearance and the daughter Catherine was pregnant with that's a lot of kids. I mean, That's yeah, eight. poverty. But if you can't afford birth control, it's not provided. Like, I get it. It's what just, else yeah. do you do with your time? You can't afford to go to the movie. That's free. Not. No, it's not. <laughs> Anal's <What>? free. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the show. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh, sorry, guys. And he's back. (laughs) Well, I mean, come on. Um, so uh, (laughs) I can go over some other ones too. (laughs) There's only one that causes that. I'm just saying. Okay. Anyway, photos of the children were put into the article in hopes that a woman in her early 20s would see themselves in the faces of her siblings. Everett McClelland, an auto mechanic residing in San Pablo, California, saw this article. And immediately, he thought of his wife and her resemblance to the seven children in the article. His wife, Mary McClelland, was 24 years old and ironically had been adopted within a year after Mary went missing by Charles and Nora Beck. Same name, even. That's mm-hmm. risky. Risky. Mm-hmm. Everett brought home the paper and showed his wife, who was skeptical but still agreed to contact investigators. Unfortunately, this was before DNA testing was around, and uh, but they had other ways of testing. Ears. As we've learned, ears, but not in this case. Mm-hmm, um, an anthropologist named Dr. Krauss was given... 34 teeth castings, including Mary McClellan's, and he would use these casts to compare to the casts of the Maroney family. Immediately, he picked out Mary's as the closest match to the Maroney's because it was, they weren't marked. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, in genetics, that plays a a factor in like placement. Oh, for sure. 
Her fingerprints were also studied, and it was determined that Mary McClellan's were very similar to the Maroney's. Her blood type was the same, and an x-ray of her skull showed similarities to the Maroney's. Cool. So he's, like, picking these out of, like, basically a lottery or, a, you know, a pool. A random. A yeah, right. And he's like, okay, of- I think this one is similar here and this one's similar here. And he picked her out on those. That's 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 pretty telling. Mm-hmm. While all these things are not 100%, they sure were pointing towards Mary McClelland being a match. The chief police officer of Chicago received a telegram from a woman that said she was Mary McClelland's foster mother, Nora Beck. She claimed that she witnessed the birth of Mary and immediately immediately adopted her in 1927. This was three years before Mary was kidnapped. Yeah, I'd say that too if I kidnapped a girl and kept her forever. Yeah, right. I mean... (laughs) The doctor who helped deliver Mary McClelland also came forward saying that he witnessed the birth of Mary and her birth mother was not Catherine Maroney. Although these two people came forward to dismantle the accusations, no adoption paperwork or birth records were ever brought forward for Mary McClelland. So it was never believed if what it it was never really known if what the foster mother and the doctor said was true Mm -hmm. or even if they were who they claimed to be. Right, right. So Chicago police records did show in their reports, and after talking to Catherine, um, they found out that baby Mary Agnes had undergone a ruptured hernia surgery performed in her belly button when she was just an infant. So she would have a scar from that surgery. When Mary McClelland was questioned, she didn't have a scar on her stomach. But could that scar have faded over time, especially considering it was performed through the belly button? Wouldn't that be harder to see? Right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if that's even. I mean, I had uh, my gallbladder removed and they did an incision. They put an incision in my belly button, which makes me want to gag because I don't like stuff in my belly button. I like my finger in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) He takes it out and smells it after. (laughs) Not supposed to do that? I don't know at this point. (laughs) Despite there not being a for sure chance of her being their daughter, there was still the slight chance that pushed them into wanting to meet Mary. Um, What if they didn't meet her and they lose the possibility to have a relationship with their long lost daughter? When Catherine met Mary, she was unsure how to feel. You would think you know, a mother would immediately know their child, but considering over two decades had passed, this person was a stranger. They had grown and changed physically, but also they were raised by a different set of people. So if she was Mary Agnes, she was not the same person at all. There is a photo of Anastasia and Mary McClelland that I'll be posting in the photo set on social media. And a lot of people say that they do look similar, which there are similar facial features, like their noses, their chins. So you have a picture of them as adults. Is that what you're saying? Yes, as adults. Yes. And they they were one year apart. So, yes, Jeremy. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. Did um, Mary's biological mother ever meet the adopted mother? I don't know. Because what if they, like, ran into each other and all this, and it's like, that's the bitch that was at my house. <laughs> right, that's, yeah, Yeah, sure. I don't, I don't know. Just curious. That'd be interesting to find yeah. out. Um, but yeah, their noses, their chins, their hair, they were all kind of similar, but I don't think they look like they could be sisters at all. Um, but I can't say much, considering both of my daughters are full-blood siblings, and one looks like me and one looks like my husband. True. Mm-hmm. They True. do not look like, they don't look the same at all. Sometimes they have like facial uh, 
like movements and facial expressions that look the same. But one looks like the UPS man, which is weird. Yeah, Mary so weird. is a really popular name. Type in Mary Agnes Maroney. <laughs> Spell that. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the uncertainty, the Maronis kept in contact with Mary McClelland, and they developed a great relationship with the family regardless of the situation. And uh, Mary McClelland passed away at 78 years old in 2005. Wow. Yeah. In 2009, investigators went forward with a DNA test to prove whether or not that Mary McClelland was Mary Agnes Maroney. And when the results came back, everyone involved was just in complete shock. Because Mary McClelland was not related to the Maronis at all. Really? I'm looking at that picture. The way the eyebrows set on the eyes and everything. Those are the Maroni sisters. Oh. (laughs) Oh, that's Catherine and Anastasia. Okay. Well, fuck me. And there's a discrepancy because Anastasia, okay, it went. Mary, Mary Agnes was the firstborn, then Anastasia, and the daughter she was pregnant with when Mary was kidnapped she named Catherine after herself. <laughs> oh, wow. It's yeah. a little strange. Yeah. So there are several theories about this case that bounce around, but before we get into those, I want to hear your opinions, Ashley and Jeremy. Is that her? Is that like a like an age like age progression, or are they saying this girl is like someone that they theorize might have been her? I don't, don't know. I've not seen okay. that picture. Jeremy? My opinion. Is is that um, Julia was kidnapping kids to send out to adoption? Okay, that was a thing. Um, God, where did I read about that? I was reading about that where they were literally kidnapping kids from hospitals. <clears throat> That's what I was thinking about. The one that oh well, I guess we can't really talk about that yet. Um, this other case we were discussing. Um, but yeah, they were stealing and then adopting them to like wealthy, really right. wealthy yeah. people who couldn't have kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this they were Julia, kidnapping them from like low income yeah. families. Julia was just kind of doing the scout. What? They're not sisters? No. Oh, the picture's up. Let me take them. <laughs> yeah, they're sisters. Right. No, <laughs> DNA says otherwise. So, wait, which one's Mary? The one on top or the one on the bottom? Mary's the one on the bottom, I believe. Okay. Wow, that's the wild. I don't think they look like sisters. Really? I think it's just because their their hairstyle. It's just they look like someone from the 50s is what they look like. Yeah, you're No, no, the wide, the wide uh, forehead, the the eyes, the nose. I mean, they look very, very similar. Well, they have two different shaped eyes. And Mary has a square jaw like me, whereas Catherine, not Catherine. That's uh, Anastasia. Anastasia has like more of a, a pointed. Hmm. Interesting. They do look like sisters, but yeah, they just look like fifties ladies. <laughs> right. On. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's what uh, what happened there. I think that uh, she was probably um, um, stalking and and figuring out, and somebody wanted a two year old so child. So, what fifties celebrity do you think Mary is or was? Because she was raised wealthy, so she obviously took acting classes and became a great success. I'm going to have to ponder that a second. Who do you think it is? 
don't know a lot about 50s that's Hollywood. And that's my problem. All I can there's think about is... There's one lady that I really like and follow because there's a lot of like artistic photographs of her, but I don't even remember her name because I just look at her nipples in the photos. <laughs> that was weird. No, she wears like this like um, <laughs> sheer weird. robe and you can see her nips through it, but it's like a really pretty picture. She's like standing on a rock in the water. I'm going to need to see this. Oh, God. Well, I don't remember her fucking name, so I'm not going to be able to find the picture. Just Google sheer nipple. <laughs> okay, sorry. 50s nipples. <laughs> God, what is her name? Catherine Hepburn. I think it starts with an H. No. Here, let me tell you the theories. Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. I was totally going off on a tangent. Oh, that's fine. One theory is that she was abducted by the woman claiming to be Julia Otis because she had lost her child and uh, that both of the women were... were fake names given and both letters right. were julia right and they obviously didn't go to california they went somewhere else yeah uh another theory is that julia otis was actually a poor woman who was scouting people of low income who were looking for help in the paper and would abduct their children then sell them for profit and people were doing wild things during the great depression to earn money maybe this was one of those wild happenings which leads us to another theory Maybe Catherine sold Mary Agnes herself, knowing what a horrible financial situation they were in, and she was pregnant yet again. Maybe she sold Mary Agnes since she no longer was nursing, and maybe Anastasia was, because she was 11 months old. So we're almost like, um, that makes sense. That makes sense, because you talked earlier about how the cops were kind of like, eh. Yeah. I think they so were she would have been. Thinking, so they're almost, that theory almost thinks that, uh, oh my God, I can't find Almost is like that her her husband <laughs> didn't know that she was lying to her husband as well. Yes, because he was gone. Right. Yep. Hmm. Um, Catherine created these two women to give a reason as to why Mary Agnes was missing because she felt so horrible about what she did. Then she used the money to buy the food and the baby clothes. She wrote the letters. That's why they have similar handwriting. Hmm. Or maybe Catherine killed Mary Agnes uh, like what was originally suspected maybe by accident maybe on purpose like trying to have less mouths to feed or out of anger and frustration because she was super young maybe Anastasia did it out of jealousy she was 11 months old um, I'm telling you man but the Julia the evil's evil. the Julia person was there the day before and brought food so mm-hmm. if she was to use the money from selling Mary she would she wouldn't oh, have had yeah, it the day before sense. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, it's true. That so, makes sense. Just a thought. Was her husband somebody. home that evening? Did he... Did we hear that detail? If if he came home every night? I believe so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, well, I don't know what his Obviously, job 11 is. children later, he was home every night. <laughs> right, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> Pretty wild case. Yeah, that's crazy. So, and the worst part is there's two pictures of baby Mary Agnes, and they're horrible. Yeah, well, you know, take the time. The time they were poor. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just like pixelated bullshit from the newspaper? Yes, it's awful. It's I mean, like it's not a bunch pixelated, of dots. but it's like blobs. Yeah. That sucks. Oh, I th- I think there is a third picture of Catherine, Anastasia, and Mary. That's not as widely circulated, but I found it and I was like, this is a decent picture. They're like sitting on a porch or something, hmm. but I'll post it. I'll post. Uh, yeah. I want to see all those pictures because I 
had a hard time finding. I mean, you had to find the one, so. You're just not googling the right. You gotta goog it right. You gotta goog it right. Right in the old goog. <laughs> goog goog. <laughs> and that's how you don't get pregnant. In right the in the goog. <laughs> if you do it in the goog. The goog is free. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but so is the wicked, wicked, wicked. I don't know. I'm so tired. God, we. This is our last episode of the night. It's nearing midnight, and we're all just we've lost it. So, if you like this episode, you can go back through our archives. We've got some really good oldies but goodies, where we're not as sleepy <laughs> and crazy and loopy. Um, we have a huge backlog, and we drop new ones on the weekly on the Friday. Yeah, that was... I don't even know if I heard any of that, what you just said. Also, you know who else has a good backlog? Um, The Call Guys? The Call Guys. They watch it so you'll want to. <laughs> or not want to. I mean, they trash talk some stuff on there. They have passed 50. They're past 50? Well, by the time this you're episode comes out. almost 250. Yeah, because you're doing a 50th on your 50th. Yep. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to The Emperor Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. The Emperor yeah. Strikes Colton. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll know. Uh, um, are you guys doing that in person or are you going to be Zooming it? Uh, we're going to be Zooming get... it. Aww. We were supposed to do it in person. And uh, Mr. Colton Keel double booked the night. <gasps> Colton Kill, you knew what the deal was, you bro. You knew the deal. Colton Keel. You are getting tired. Your I, am. All I was going to make another Empire Strikes Back <laughs> joke, and I was like, you already did that. You got to calm down. You got to calm it. <laughs> calm, calm down. It. Just, calm Just keep it. your mouth shut. You talk too much. Just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else has a good backlog? <gasps> two stop. No. Golden Image Podcast. I mean, two sub does too, but we'll talk about that. Golden next. Image Podcast needs to get to 4,000 downloads. Yes. And then we get to do the Slam and Jam. Slam and Jam. Or just call it Slam Jam. Oh, Slam Jam. Slam then Jam. <laughs> All right, murder nerds. Here, check this out. This is the plan. For the Slam Jam? No. Slam Jam plan. So, Golden Image Podcast mm -hmm. is Golden J, mm -hmm. Chico Noise, mm -hmm. and the Skywalker. Mm hmm. Every other week, we come we come out with reviews. <laughs> no, you're of, doing a promo. I thought you were talking to us. I'm like, yeah, tell me more. Um, every other week, we do uh, do episodes where we review some place that we've been, eaten, brewery. You know, we've eaten, drank, or wherever the fuck we've done. Um, Eat, drink, play. On the odd weeks, we do the vintage. Well, guess what, boys and girls? We're running out of vintage. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was an endless supply of vintage. Well, we have a ton of them, but the, most of them are just us randomly talking. Isn't bullshit. that what a podcast is? Well, it's, yeah, well, it's it's very uninteresting to go back and just do that. I don't up. see what the problem is. <laughs> so, coming hopefully April, April something, hopefully in April, mm -hmm. uh, the odd weeks that uh, the Skywalker and 
Chico and Golden Jay are not together. It'll be Golden Jay talking to interesting people doing interesting things. <gasps> I've already started lining up interviews. Did you get some booked? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I sent out right away. I sent out five five emails and got four absolutely. So, Fuck yeah. Can we get a little a, teaser of what kind of stuff we're going to hear? Uh, uh, well, I'll just tell you my, I'll tell you my first two. Um, my first one is going to be uh, my buddy A-Dog, who was a DJ for 103.9 years ago. He was part of the Golden Image the Radio. The Bear. The Bear. Uh, the Bear. The Bear. He was part of uh, Golden Image Radio, and not only... Um, doing that but uh you know doing a regular job but he's also part of uh dj oh i gotta remember (laughs) (laughs) uh i can't think of the name of the company now but uh he's got a michiana dj service oh cool so uh nice it's like a big wedding one in our area isn't it yeah big up in south yeah up up north so um he's a great guy i'm excited to sit down it's been a few years since i've actually seen him um he was very supportive of golden image podcast when uh, when we got it he actually posted a very love thing loving um post about uh working for golden image radio and all that stuff so he was the first person i emailed he was the first person that said absolutely so i got him uh, dialed in and the other one is an old um school mate she um is a real estate agent living in fort myers and she's like, I don't know how interesting this is going to be, but I said, we'll work it. She's It'll be sell- fun. What's, <clears throat> what's that uh, show? Selling Beachside or something like that. Like that's like that's like glamorous real estate, stuff. Yeah, real estate is over here. Shows are real popular. estate in Florida. I mean, that's Louda. Just- um, a couple other ones are just some just some locals. I'm trying to be uh, away from the music scene as much as I can be. But one of them is a drummer for a local band. Um, Why are you trying to stay away from that? Because I want it to be more broad. Yeah. I don't want to be just, I don't want to be just music. I'll do music. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to stay away from it. Uh, Like I said, I do. But you're trying to venture out. Yeah. I want to do, I want interesting people doing interesting things. Right. Right. We'll see. We'll see how it works out and see. uh, Cool. I'm excited. Sweet. Well, I must have, I didn't get the email that you sent me asking me. So you didn't, huh? You were the you were the fifth that wouldn't reply to me. <laughs> I do so much interesting shit, dude. Th- that's the other thing is I, <laughs> I'm very appreciative of everybody that works with the Golden Mojo Entertainment, whether you know all of the uh, all the podcasts. But I don't want to. Br- I want to bring in new people and do new things, and not be like, "Oh, I'm going to interview Alicia." Right. This we week, all or, we see yeah. and hear each other so fucking much. Yeah. I want new and uh, new mm-hmm. and and hopefully this this works out and maybe we can brought out and get some uh, maybe more celebrity style people. You know, maybe not is you know. Maybe we won't get uh, you know Denzel Washington or something. So but like D-list celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> You know, maybe we'll get Rob Schneider. <laughs> Leaf Garrett. Right? Isn't he like... Yeah, we can talk about... Uh, Whoever's we, on the, 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 the world's dumbest criminals or whatever on True TV, those guys. Yeah, there guys, you go. Yeah, we can get Sylvester Stallone's brother. I'm into it. There's still Luke celebrities Stallone. in me. I'll still be like, yo, can I get your autograph? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's fun. It's, it's, it's something I've been kicking around for a while because I knew vintage wouldn't last forever and... 
And uh, so we uh, kind of come to the close of everything that uh, that I did. Um, we definitely ran through the young gun stuff. We didn't have a ton of that. But uh, um, so, yeah, we're starting to run low on the Angel of Rock stuff even. So Wow. Scary. But I'm going to start doing them now and then I'll have a nice backlog and I can run those and still work on getting more. I dig it. More people. So we'll see. There you go, Murder Nerds. This is the first I've really talked about it. So Yeah. Wow. Wow, you guys got new and fresh information on the Murder Nerds podcast right from Golden Jay's mouth. Oh, my God. You heard it here first at the end. (laughs) So, anyways, that's what Golden Image Podcast is up to right now. I digs it. Yep. So, on Wednesdays, we got the two sap. That's the United States of Paranormal. Great podcast. Oh. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that's, the noise. Night. <laughs> that's the noise she's hoping to hear later tonight. But um bum bum bum. Probably not. They'll probably be asleep. But um <laughs> anyway. Uh Thursdays, Indiana Chiefs fans. Yeah, football. Woo. Should be over by the time this comes out. And the Chiefs hopefully have won the Super Bowl. Is that another thing that we need to talk about? Is what you, what the Indiana Chiefs are gonna do in the off season? Or the Indiana yeah, Chiefs fans? Um Indiana Chiefs fans is is going to break down season one. Uh let's see, I don't even know. So we're gonna do Season one of football ever? We're gonna <laughs> season one. Season one of football I mean, ever. What, what better season could we have started Indiana Chiefs fans with than this season right now? Right, it's perfect. It has Super been a Bowl great season. season. Yeah. Uh, we so, they are going to Super Bowl. We're gonna do a Super Bowl episode. We're gonna do a Wives Club episode where we bring Bobby and Sarah uh-huh. and Karen in. We talk about all our predictions for the what we had for the season. I got them all written down, so we'll go over that. Right, and the cool thing is they love the Chiefs too. Yes, so that's yep. that's cool. And then we will do a wrap up of season one. Okay. And Chick-a-chick. yeah, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about the one, two, Red Kingdom. <laughs> I'm talented beyond. Uh, beyond I what did you not believe. know. I had no clue. So I'm no talent in that man. You can, uh, you can warm your hands off the I know, towel right? coming off of this. It's hot. <laughs> you can also get underneath my ego if it rains. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so big. He's like, Rihanna, he's got the umbrella. I got the umbrella. <laughs> uh, we're talking about doing some sort of draft party. We haven't decided what we're going to do at draft time. And then a few weeks before uh, preseason starts, we'll uh, we'll start season oh, two. Oh, shit, it happens that fast? Yeah, that quick. Yeah, so it's like we'll, you're like we're gonna have we'll some back. episodes and we're gonna do some draft stuff and then boom, it's it's we'll preseason again. Yeah, pretty much. Hell yeah, because then you'll start talking about picks and everything and mm, yes, the yeah. reason. And the cool thing is, is, you guys can talk about. Are you doing like fantasy football? Is that what? You, no. We oh, okay. We, okay. we just we just went through and did predictions of what we thought. Like, uh, gotcha. How many how many yards Patrick Mahomes would throw or how many touchdowns? So it's like or, fantasy football without winning the money. There's no money. I don't do. I don't bet. Right. Because it's just it's too complicated mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Phil Phil's the MGM bet, the DraftKings guy. That's what he does. So I'm not into it. I mean, it's not like throwing money away. 
Right. I'm dragging this on. Alicia's like, I'm ready to fucking go. No, <sighs> I, I bet we were going to be done by midnight, and it's 11.59. Yeah. Nice. Well, and we like to let you oh, yeah, have do your, your thing. say, Jay, and especially with all the changes that are going to be happening in your podcast, because it's kind of, things are evolving at, kind of at the same time, mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool. Yeah, we got a lot of, lot of like, we, you know, Golden Mojo Entertainment went LLC, so we're an official, an official, official business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been excited about that. We've been working on that pretty hard for the last couple months, so. Um, Jeremy has. And Mer- yeah. don't don't try to downplay yourself. Merd you Nerds <laughs> actually came completely into the umbrella mm-hmm. in the beginning of the year. So I'm, you know, we're happy that you guys are, you know, you guys were always part of Golden Mojo, but you're still your own entity. Now that we're doing the LLC, now you guys are completely with us. We've been absorbed. I own we were you. absorbed. I own you, Ashley. I'm just kidding. It's okay. They still do their thing. I just. Uh, He's easy going. Yeah. He just does all the work. <laughs> Outside of the research. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Quarter Books and Booze uh, comes out on Fridays alongside of uh, every all other the Mer- Fridays. Well, that's true. It's every other Fridays. Oh, oh, I, I forgot they were bi weekly. Mm-hmm. They're a little bi. They're a little bit. <laughs> it's, which is good for me because if I'm going <laughs> to le- read the audio books. I'm good. Yeah, it's good for me. Uh, if I'm going to read the or listen to the audio books, it gives me two weeks to get through it. So. Yeah, that's plenty of time. I tell you what, fucking Alcatar, Alcatar. <laughs> She's losing. Alcatar. I bet. I bet. I listened to one of those books in fucking three days. Oh yeah, I finished a, those one are book a day. So fucking good. Those books are so good. Yeah, you should. You should really listen to Alcatar. I can't do a book a day. I can't do it because I don't have enough time in my day. I, my no, my I, time revolves around my it driving. Be three and, days. But I'm just saying I can't listen to a book in a day. And and the 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 series that they're going through right now is that Throne of Glass, which is eight books. Yeah, and I think all of those are like what are they? Fourteen hours to get through? Eleven hours? I don't know. I've not listened. Like to I know that a uh, court of. What's Thorns the first and roses. One? Yes, um, that one's twelve hours. Yeah. So a court of mist and fury, I believe, is uh, twenty hours. Why is that the last one? No, wait, that's silver that flames. Is the last one right? Silver flames. Yeah. That one might be twenty-two. Yeah, that one's big. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I have some naughty pictures on my phone from. Oh yeah, from fan, like fan art. art. Oh, it's so good from the Walmart. From the WalMarts, she got dirty pictures from the WalMarts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go check out the other uh, the other podcasts. Yeah, we really haven't talked about it much. We've just kind of been running through the socials and all at the end, but yeah, that's yeah, kind of what's kind of know shows. What's, what's going on for the most part, but yeah. there's something for everybody. Within I Golden Mojo so Entertainment, if if there's a niche you feel we're missing that that you need, let us know. And can we'll, you feel our fill we'll our make, niche? We'll have Jeremy start another fucking podcast. There's two more days of the week we haven't covered. Jeremy. Yeah, we got we need Saturday somebody to fill Sunday. our niche. I got no time. My fill niche up. could use some attention. <laughs> uh, if you don't know where to find us. <laughs> We're on Facebook and Instagram. You want to 
do something with her niche. Give, <laughs> tell us what Ashley. Tell us what we should fill in the Mojo niche. Yeah. What should? What do you? What do you like to fill your niche with? Okay. Tell us on social media. Just type in "murder nerds." It's spelled how it's sounding. Just plop mm, it in the search bar. Sometimes they spell M E R D like on accident, like just mindlessly. That's just because you're a little dumb. Mm, well. So if you need to contact us, whether it be to talk about a case, give us some recommendations. I said messed it up again. Or if you want to give us a compliment, like, wow, Jeremy, your beard's looking real full today. Or there's no visuals with our podcast, so (laughs) your beard's sounding very full today, Jeremy. (laughs) There it is. ASMR. That is... That's our Saturday podcast. (laughs) That's some niche that I'm sure people listen. Could you do? Could you do it? Do ASMR? Yeah, let's say an hour. Could you actually say here for an hour? Oh fuck yeah, I could. Especially if I was getting paid. No, you could. Yes, I could. No, you no, you could. Oh my god, are we gonna fucking do this? We're gonna do it right now. Are we gonna record till one a.m.? We're gonna do it right now. I'll just cut and edit this part out. Hey Ashley, I'm gonna give you a compliment. Your nose. See, can't be done. <laughs> I can do it. Is there something on my face? Your nose looks like you're pointing today. Fuck you. It's a Pollock nose. You can't say that. Why can't I say that? That's a slur. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm Polish. I can fucking say Pollock if I want to. My grandpa's last name is Kowalski. Thank you. That's so if, what we called it growing up was a Pollock nose. That's racist. Is it really? Yes. I told you I'm not woke. I don't know these things. <laughs> so Jeremy has a nice full beard. Ashley has a nice pointy nose. I need a compliment. So Apparently email it to us. Email it to us at murdernerds at gmail.com. Alicia, you can really stick your finger up your nose really, really far. Thank you. <laughs> I can. It's I swear everybody to know that. I oh my gosh, people are going to get so sick of that. Yeah, we know, stop. Right? Sorry, everyone. I just, Jeremy challenged me and I fucking couldn't back down. <laughs> you know what's a challenge? I'm going to give all of our my, audience a challenge. Mm-hmm, okay. My challenge to you is to get on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, hit subscribe, give us a rate, give us a review. That's your challenge. And listen to Golden Mojo. Golden oh. Image. Golden Image. So... We can have the party in September. So we can get slammed and jammed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is the best and easiest way to support the podcast and everything we are doing here at Murder Nerds and Golden Mojo Entertainment. And if you'd like to help the podcast monetarily, you don't have to. But if you want to, if that's something you'd like to do, we do take donations through Anchor. Donations. Donations to make up for when we don't have ads and we currently don't have ads so you can choose a monthly donation of 99 cents four dollars and 99 cents or nine dollars and 99 cents and every single one of those cents goes right back into the studio goes right back into the podcast goes right into jeremy's golden mojo entertainment debit card help me pay for my kansas city chief season <laughs> oh whatever <laughs> It's I'm for the kidding. podcast. It's for the Is that yeah. a tax write-off? Huh. It will be next year, huh? It will be this year. Or this year, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Interesting. 
cool. But Good I don't for you. use. I don't use. No, he doesn't it, use armor to that. do it. He's yeah. not that kind of guy. No. Uh, so if you are done, because <laughs> <laughs> I just hit my mic with my earphones. Wow, we're a fucking hot mess. <laughs> yeah. Whew. So that's us for today. Everybody's gonna dr- to go to sleep. Ashley's gonna drive us home. I'm well, gonna sleep. I'm gonna sleep on the way. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> I'm gonna sleep. Walk into my house. I'm gonna eat some of that. I'm gonna scarf down some of that food, like while we're walking. I do car. have to pee pee though. So I'm, is that okay hey, if I go hey, in your hey, house pee-pee. and pee pee? I told you he's got. I made a bucket out out the side over there. He made a bucket out the side. And, and yeah, there's a bucket outside the side. We cut the bottom out. Well, of course. Didn't you hear it? What was that at the end? I'm tired too. And I'm racist. And I'm Alicia. And this is Murder. That's us. That's us for today. That's it for us today. And if you haven't been told. Thanks for putting up with our dumb asses. You're braver than the fucking U.S. Marines at this point. <laughs> we, we. You, are you coddling your microphone? <laughs> we love you. Thank She's you. The nuts with the microphone. <laughs> oh, I love the nuts with the microphone. <laughs> we love you. You're doing big things. You're putting up with our fucking shenanigans. So, like I said, hero of time. Until next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, jinx. <laughs>